Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Aussie Nerds podcast. I am here with... Boyce Littlefield. I'm the host of the Mindful Skeptics podcast and I'm in uh, Michigan, USA. It's a long way, but this movie is totally worth it. But you selected a really weird movie. Oh, weird is the best. Uh, true. <laughs> it's complicated, uh, let's put it that way. <laughs> it's a bit complicated, yeah. You got kids, though. Yep. How old are your kids? I have four kids in high school, 17, 16, 15, 14. Oh, good. So now they have good taste. They're, they're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when your kids were growing up, did they watch um, terrible shows? Absolutely. The worst. <laughs> I mean, I remember just the, the god-awful cartoons, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I um, never got Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and I was growing up with it. Uh, I hated SpongeBob. I won't lie. I couldn't I stand it. So. <laughs> I think it's good but, for the first six seasons, and then I turned 13, and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. Well, another one is like the movies they really fixated on was these Tim Burton movies. They loved them. I the, like uh, Tim Burton. Uh, uh, yeah, the, I, I don't mind them. Mm-hmm. Which Tim Burton movies? Uh, uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, stuff like that. They love the darker movies. They love scary shows, so... It was right up their alley. Like the, they love Goosebump books and the movies. So, my kids have always been a fan of the the horror oh, genre. Nice. Yeah. Um, did they get into Stephen King? Um, a little bit. They watched um, what was that Stephen King movie? Yeah. So they were in a flight, and time changed for everyone down there, but not the ones on the flight. I can't remember what it's called now. Oleanders or oh something. Oh my god. Uh, it's a dumb oh. name. Yeah, like Oleanders or yeah, something like that. I forget. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. But yeah, I they watched a little bit. Mean. Those TV specials were really weird. Yes. You got the really yeah. goofy um, TV specials, and you got the really good movies like uh, Misery. Oh boy, that was well done. I love Stephen King's non-horror movies the most, uh, like Green Mile, and that's Shankry by Death. far the best. I didn't know that. Um, that uh, Stand By Me was written by Stephen King until like seven months ago. Yeah, it wasn't called Stand By Me, though. It was called The it was Body. Called the, the Body? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a fan of Stephen King. I love the horrors as well. Um, and I like... He um, didn't like the movie The Shining because that, yeah. that um, took away from the point of the book, even though it's really good. Yeah, uh, but that didn't stop him from handing out uh, book rights like candy. He he just wanted to get paid. <laughs> I don't blame him. And I, I would I would sell out in a minute for something like that, some big money. Oh yeah, are you kidding? If you offered <laughs> me a million dollars, you can make whatever you wanted. And he actually has a deal. I don't know if it's still going on, but he had a deal with uh, students from um, film school where he'd sell the movie rights to them for a dollar and you could make a student film based on any of his books. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's really uh, cool for the future generations, I guess you'd say. Yeah, he did that for film schools, but if you want to make proper movies, you've got to pay up. Yes, <laughs> big bucks. <laughs> Are you a fan of Quentin Tarantino? 
Absolutely. Have you Not seen- all of his movies, but most of them. Most of them. I haven't seen Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 yet. Oh, then you're missing out. That's that's probably one of his better ones. Uh, in Pulp Fiction, uh, one of the scenes involves uh, a giant... Kata- Is it a katana sword? Uh, no, so just like a, a regular old samurai sword, the big one. And yeah, he went through all those different weapons, and he picked the sword in the end. And I, I love that scene, because it's like, hmm, hammer? No. Bat. And then yep. he got a chainsaw. Chainsaw. And I would have stuck with the chainsaw, but he went for the, for the sword instead. Well, it's quieter. He can sneak up on him, is what I thought. True, but... Because he, he had the gimp to kill first. Ah, oh, we are jumping all around this place. This is a very <laughs> weird movie. It, well, that's the movie. It's all jumping around. True. That's the whole point of that movie is really you gotta you got to go back retrospectively to put it back together again to make sense of a character dying, then three scenes later, later he's back. Like when Travolta got killed on the shitter, and then he's back in a scene two scenes later. Proper way to go. <laughs> the weird thing about the scene with... Okay, so... Uh, all right. Bruce Willis's character was introduced as an eight-year-old with yes. a giant, long, oh. unnecessary monologue. But it was great. It was Christopher Walken. It's Christopher Walken. And Christopher Walken can sell anything. He played death in yep. that stupid movie, Click. And every time yes. he's on screen, I'm like, this is a good movie. And then he leaves, and I'm like, no, it's not. It's terrible again. <laughs> Last but that story ago. is epic. The story is hilarious. It winds up just being in his ass. When it's all said and done, it come out of someone's ass. <laughs> it's so unnecessary, too, which makes it's, it even better. Because yep. all Christopher Walken had to say was, uh, your father and I were in a POW camp. He smuggled this watch in and he wanted me to give it to you. That's it. That's the end. Say. But no. Not good enough for Tarantino. Oh, God, nope. no. And Christopher nope. Walken was on board. He's like, ah, so weird. I'm going to take this to all co- I wonder how much liberty... I wish I could be there to see how many times Christopher Walken was he reading it from the script from Tarantino or what did he give him some liberties? You know what I mean? To make that weird dialogue. I would love it if he said, all you have to do is give this to baby Bruce Willis. And then he just came up with that entire monologue off the cuff. That would be better, <laughs> which I doubt. But <laughs> One of the things I bet um, someone came up with was Sam Jackson. I bet he's like, okay, so for my wallet, I wanted to say bad motherfucker. That's yes. my catchphrase. Yeah, find me one of those. <laughs> well, you got to find one or make it. It's on they eBay. I had to make it. Yeah, you can it's get it now. now. But yeah, find me a, find me a, um, a black leather <laughs> wallet. A wallet that says bad motherfucker on it. So some, yeah, some poor schmuck uh, assistant had to go buy a stamp set and a little hammer like you're in Boy Scouts and tap away at that thing and put all the letters on there for him, probably. So, yeah, but it's Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson is yeah. the only one in Star Wars that has a purple lightsaber. It's lightsaber. <laughs> because yeah. he's like, hey, George, can I have a purple one? And he's like, well, there's a continuity. In, uh, but okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he, 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 he owns everything he's part of. Well, you are you know, the best part of any movie you're in, so I guess I could do that. Yep. Have you seen the new movie he was in with Split? Where he, oh, not, not Split, cuts. the new one. 
Mr. Yeah, the glass. You seen that? Uh, yeah. Did you oh like boy, it? that was. I didn't like it per se. It was interesting. Uh, I like how it came around to the end where he was really. It's like he was admitting he knew he's gonna die. Or he's just saying this isn't the beginning of something. This is a what do you call it? a precursor? He said that this is an How origin said story it. to all the origin stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so it was it was a cool concept, but it you know it just just seemed like a reach to me. But I just yeah. loved it. I just find it interesting that uh, Unbreakable came out in two thousand, and then like yeah. ten years later, he's like, I should make a sequel to this. Yep, and, and then, then somehow make it work with Split. Split was great. I love. Split. I love Split. That was a great movie. Kids loved it. They watched it twice actually in the theater. Yeah, good. Yeah, we're uh, we're movie freaks. Oh, good. You're on the right podcast. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> I love the concept too. By the way, I love this concept of talking about your favorite movie. I mean, you can't go wrong. I uh, when I came up with, I wanted to have a a concept for a podcast where I could invite people on um, that are interested in movies and be like, what's your favorite movie? And then I get an excuse to watch it and you can just gush about it all you like. <laughs> yes. Is- well, that's the thing is on, on my podcast, I do a segment called the Baker's Dozen where yeah. there's, I always ask people 13 questions or get to know your questions. And your top three favorite movies is one of the earlier questions. And people always stumble on that a little bit. Or some absolutely know. You know, you're one or the other. I um, I have a list of my top ten uh, favorite movies on Letterboxd. Mm. Or Letterboxd D. And it changes every four and a half minutes. I'm yeah, like, oh, I, I understand that. Forget how good this movie is. And then I just yeah, my top... Out. Yeah, my top 10 probably has 25 on it, you know. <laughs> I, just, I just want them to all fit in the top 10. They just don't. There's so many quality movies. I love them all. Not all of them, but. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I, for, in Pulp Fiction, I love the fact that um, they do really violent things, like machine gun yes. people to the face. And, mm-hmm. um, and they're just wearing suits. And, and they had this practice monologue. Mm-hmm. The first scene, I think it's the opening scene, where um, John Travolta and Sam Jackson are at the guy's house, and he's like, is it 8.30 yet? Nope, got to wait like five minutes. All right, let's go over here and talk about feet some more. Yeah, feet. And, uh, well, that's Uma Thurman's character about Johnny Rakahara getting thrown off a three-story building or some crap for giving her a foot massage. And that whole... The whole side conversation about foot massage is how they, one said it's no big deal. The other one says, will you give me a foot massage? He goes, fuck you. Then they <laughs> agreed upon it. We're moving on. You know, it's like, it's again, it didn't have to be in there, but it made the movie better. It's like That's Quentin the beauty Tarantino. of Tarantino. It's like Quentin Tarantino. It's like, I, I have a foot fetish and I want to let the world know. It's my movie. So Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> Not only am I going to have like a nine-minute monologue about feet, but I'm also going to have two shots of uh, of Emma Fern's, uh, I think it was her, her feet uh, yeah. when she's walking as an introduction uh, shot because we don't need to yes. see her face. Who cares? We've got her feet. That's what the main thing. And people don't pay attention to those little things. 
because she was mentioned in the first scene, like you said, and then you hear her in the um, intercom saying, push the button to your left to John Travolta. And like you said, just shows her feet and she kind of kicks her toes back a little bit. And that's her intro. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. GIF. It was a great introduction. I saw the gif of uh, John Travolta being confused for ages. And I knew it came from this movie, but I had no context of why yep. he was confused. Him looking for the button. He did look <laughs> like he was on drugs, so that came across. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Oh, <laughs> uh, I okay, so is this a proper story or is it just a series of events that happens to these people? Cause I think it's one of those weird about it. Yeah. It's like one of those weird concepts where he says, okay, here's the story. I like the story, but it's not, I don't know why he want to chop it up first of all, but for some reason it worked. I really would like to sit down and ask him these questions. Like why don't you just shoot the movie start to finish? I wonder if someone's ever chopped that thing up and put it back in order. Oh, I bet someone did that. Have you seen Memento? Yes. Yep. Someone is a special feature on the DVD or Blu-ray or something where it's in chronological order. Ah. It's a really boring and stupid movie in chronological order. Right, right. And that's the thing. It's like, is Pulp Fiction a terrible movie or a, an average movie? with great actors and a good script and they needed this twist to make it epic or one of his stylistic movies. Like it's not like reservoir dogs. That was straightforward start to finish shoot 'em up kind of gangster movie. Um, this was different. And I, yeah, that's why I liked it so much. It's so crazy. And even if it was the fact that he chose to edit it that way to make the movie better is just good filmmaking. Yes. Well, and risk taking. Does he uh, do this a lot? The chopping uh, up? Not that I know of. Because I've seen some other ones. Like I said, Reservoir Dogs. You've got uh, Django. Django Unchained. Uh, another great movie. That's That's got to be close to my top 10, too, because I love that. With Jamie Foxx and that. Uh, have you seen Django Unchained? Not yet. Uh, this is oh, my boy, first that's... Dino movie. Oh, it's it's really good. But yeah, he's not really known for that, per se. It was just something he tried out. It was just like this huge risk that he took. And it paid off immensely somehow. <laughs> and when it it helps the great works. cast. Yeah, when you have a cast like that, Uma Thurman, Samuel Jackson, uh, uh, what's his name, Harvey, the Quartel? guy that played Mr. Harvey yeah, yeah, the one that played Mr. Wolf. Oh, that's uh, what that was. Yeah, and Ving Rhames. Uh, I didn't know who that Bruce was, but was. I knew I, re yep. but I knew I recognized him for ages. Yep. Well, and he was also in other Tarantino movies. He kind of reuses the same cast pool when you on all friends. of his movies. When your friends are great actors, you can <laughs> that helps. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It's like if Sandler had better friends. Oh boy, yeah, he's got some scrubs on his team. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, now that I've seen this, what would you recommend I watch from Tarantino next? Mm, that you haven't seen? I haven't seen any of them. No Tarantino movies. No. Reservoir Dogs. Okay. I'll watch that. That's next the movie. 
prior to Pulp Fiction. It's and here's the thing about Quentin Tarantino: you got to know, yeah, he is in every movie he makes. When I when he popped up as a cameo, one of those guys, isn't he? Yep, he's he just does little cameos. Um, Oh wait, is he the one that always dies? He didn't die in this one. He didn't die in this one, but he's died in others. Well, it. It's kind of like Stan Lee did with the Marvel. But like if Stanley always got murdered, that's awesome. I would love, yeah. if I was the director, I'd be like, okay, I'm making this, but I want a scene where I get like run over by a tire or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he has another movie called From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, I've seen that oh, one. Like, that's Tarantino. Yep, yep. Got George Clooney and uh, he's his really perverted sidekick, you know. He's the pedophile. Oh. That's him with George Clooney. It's his pedophile brother. That's cool. I got to see that again. Yeah. He dies in that one. That's for sure. I think everybody does. <laughs> that's just a, a bloodbath in that movie. Just, yeah. Tarantino's got one hell. Oh, oh, wait a minute. L- yeah. Let me stand. I stand corrected. Reservoir Dogs is epic early Tarantino, but Inglorious Bastards is one of his best. You know how I said that I have never seen Tarantino movies? I just think that I don't know what directors directed it because I also have seen uh, Inglorious Bastards. Which it's is such a good movie. It's great because it's it like is a great movie. Americans saving uh, World War II in the mm-hmm. most over the top and stupid way possible. And I love it. But it wasn't, but it wasn't an American that saved them. It was the French girl whose family was massacred in the very first scene. True, but she also... She burned her place Brad down and killed them all. You know, they were all killed. Everyone was killed eventually. But the whole ending was about her and that guy, the black guy who's her lover, chaining the doors up and setting fire to that son of a bitch. Um, and then they blowed up and the guys inside blew up. The, isn't it the one where they cover the swastika in the forehead? Yes. Okay. But at the end, is in the movie theater where they're having that screening with Hitler's there and all of his people. And there's, they have those two guys that pretend to be Italians that can't speak Italian that are <laughs> in the crowd. They have bombs underneath their seats. They got pulled away, but they still blew the place up because it, it burned to the ground. It's just one of those crazy endings. And Hitler is just a great villain that you can just kill and like no one gets yes. it. Lots of lots of deaths for him would be fine by most people. <laughs> uh, like he can be in serious dramas about World War Two, like uh, Downfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also in Kung Fury. Have you oh, seen God. Kung Fury? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a silly. That's a silly one. <laughs> uh-huh. like, how do we do uh, stupid eighties action movies for like twenty bucks? And someone raises his hand and says, I got this. <laughs> I love the fact that um, David Hasselhoff is in it oh. for like five minutes. Yeah, talk about 80s, man. <laughs> not, only is not only did David Hasselhoff voice the car, but he also did a music video. Oh. And I've listened to that song so many times. Yeah, he's a big deal over in Germany and Austria. Well, the name like Hasselhoff, it's a gimme. It's ridiculous, and I love it. He's part of the Hitler youth. 
Uh, yeah. A proper SS name. <laughs> You're the worst. I love it. Um, <laughs> how many times have you seen um, have you seen this movie? Pulp Fiction. Uh-huh. Oh man, I I'd say at least twenty five times probably. When I was deployed over, I was in the military, and when I was deployed, all we had was VHS tapes. I'm old, so all we had I, was VHS. I've also. <laughs> I also remember a time when DVDs didn't exist. Yes. And so all we had was VHS and we would all bring whatever we could. We didn't have a lot of space. Mm-hmm. So we'd all bring a, a fistful a piece. And so we watched a lot of Full Metal Jacket, Goodfellas, of course, Pulp Fiction, The Godfather, Scarface, the classics like that. But we would just have to watch them in succession over and over again because you're deployed for six months with no TV. That's cool. So we watched it a lot. We watched it a lot. <laughs> if you had five movies that you could watch in rotation, but for a year you had to watch those five movies, what would they be? Of course, Pulp Fiction is going to be in there. Of course. I'm going to say, uh, let me think, Sling Blade. What's Sling Blade? Oh, sweet Jesus. Yep, you got to watch that one. All right. Sling Blade is... It's not a comedy, but I laughed most of the movie. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's an odd movie. Um, you ever heard of Billy Bob Thornton? Yep. The actor. He was married to Angelina Jolie and all that crap. So before all that, his big hit was Sling Blade, where he doesn't even look recognizable. But he plays a character who's kind of slow. Um, and he goes to a mental institution for killing somebody, and he comes out, and he still has the mental capacity of like an eight-year-old oh, but wow. here he is 40 years old and he's just let out it's just a really weird it's not a fast-paced movie by any means it's more of a drama but god dang it i laugh so hard at that movie it's it's got some great great scenes um yeah so pulp fiction sling blade for sure um i would have to say forrest gump forrest gump feels like an american movie i've seen it and it feels like we're exploring American history and we're doing it through Pretty this much. person. Absolutely. So I Very can understand true. the appeal even if I don't like it. I just, uh, it's, to me, it's more of a story of overcoming the odds of he has no real skill sets that he knew of. No one knew of him. All of a sudden, this dude can fly because he's being bullied and chased. And then he's not the smartest kid in college, but yet he winds up going in the military and becomes a hero because he gets shot in the ass. And he drags all these people out because he's too stupid to know that you're going to die. He's too stupid to know you shouldn't go back in there, but he did it anyway. So he wasn't smart enough to know the danger. Um, and then he got out, and by accident, he went out and became the only fisherman out there sh- during a storm, and he becomes the biggest producer of shrimp. And, and just all these a- fortunate accidents. He, his whole life is a series of them, of, uh, of serendipity. It should have been called serendipity as far as I'm concerned. That Stupid stuff where he just started running because he was mad because the old girl left him, Jenny. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a story of him accidentally succeeding over and over again. Ping pong, I mean, for crying out loud. <laughs> How simple-minded. He's like, the name of the game is never take your eye off the ball. He goes, yes, sir. And he never takes his eye off the ball the whole time he's teaching him ping pong. It's one of those weird things I noticed. That's uh, very I just, I love him. But yeah, 
Forrest Gump's one of the I, I like quotable movies. Those are my favorites. That you can you can be out anywhere. I could come to Australia, I could be at a bar having a pint with everyone, and I could say a line from a movie and people would still know what I'm talking about. My favorite so, movie, um my favorite movie is uh Princess Bride. Oh so as you wish, of course. Every yeah. time anyone asks me to do literally anything, I say mm -hmm. as you wish. And they either get yep. it or they don't. Right. Oh, and that's that's probably my top twenty-five. I, I really do enjoy that movie a lot. Again, quotable. About the never what does it say? Never go against the Sicilian when death's on the line, you know? And <laughs> uh, and Andre the Giants rhyming all the time. Would you like another? All these funny little things. Have fun storming the castle. I love them all. They're, they're great quotes. <laughs> I love, as you miss, sums up the whole movie, really. I love the... Um, there's a book called... What is it? I have it on my shelf. Um, Inconceivable Tales of Making of the Princess Bride. <laughs> and I, Perfect. I met um, Carrie Elwes at Comic Con, and I got him to sign ah. it. And uh, oh boy, it was the best. That's a that's a milestone. Uh huh. I love the fact <laughs> that um, that everyone loved being on the set. It's not one of these ones mm -hmm. where it's a great movie, but everyone hated each other. It's like no, we just hung around. Right. I accidentally broke my toe and didn't tell anyone. Then everyone was cool about it. Yeah, that's a great movie. My actually, I gotta have my kids watch that. I don't think my kids have seen Princess Bride yet. Oh, I can put that on my my movie night list. I avoided yep. it for ages because I thought that it was the Princess Diaries. <laughs> not quite, not quite. Everyone's like, "You should see the Princess Bride," and I'm like, "I'm good." Yeah, doesn't sound like something I'd like. But it's just a great story about a guy looking for. A guy who killed his dad with six fingers and, you know, all these different little side stories. Just good stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact that it opens with um, a grandfather uh, oh, reading, telling the story. Uh, reading the story. And the kid is every eight-year-old kid in the eight-year-old boy in the audience going, this is right. terrible. I'm too old for this stupid crap, you know. And then eventually he's like, oh, yeah, keep reading. <laughs> uh i i love that it's so good have you read the book no the nope. book's the book's great because according to the author um william goldman who also wrote screenplays i think he wrote mm -hmm. the princess bride screenplay as well uh he said that he didn't write this book that uh the princess bride is actually an incredibly boring incredibly long and stupid book we're like 45 pages um, for Buttercup's etiquette lessons. So he's just abridging it to cut out all the boring bits. <laughs> Little did he know. <laughs> so funny. I love the fact that, that it, the book is just as meta as the, uh, as the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so let me think, where was we? I had Pulp Fiction. Sling Blade, Forrest Gump. I think Inglorious Bastards might be on that list. That is a great movie, and probably Full Metal Jacket. Like war and action movies. Yeah. Well, it's just, have you seen Full Metal Jacket? 
Not yet. It's one of those movies that I like. I want to watch it, but it looks difficult. You've got it's two. It's actually two separate movies in one. There's a big, the first half is all about boot camp, mm-hmm. and this whole story about Private Pile. He's a big pile of shit. He's a tall, <laughs> goofy kid, and that's what the that's what this company commander calls him. The big pile of shit, Private Pile. And then the end, or in the middle of that movie, but the end of that phase of the story, a serious trauma, traumatic scene happens, and then it cuts. And then bam, now he's in Vietnam. There's two completely separate stories. Um, it is. That sounds great. It's graphic just because of the, um, a lot of graphic violence from, it's war. Mm. And a lot of graphic language because it's boot camp. So it's the Marine Corps. They're, they're crazy. Um, I hear that they hired a real, like, military sergeant to yes, do that he, role. He, he actually just died last year. Oh. Um, he was the brigadier, or what do you call it? The, like the, the company commander drill instructor of the decade for the Marine Corps wow. when this movie was made. So he hired us. Hey, we want you to come in here and do your thing. But the, like, the main actor, like the main act. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the main actor in this movie wanted him to actually hit him. Really? And actually choke him. Yeah, the main actor... In this movie, uh, Kimber is Navy plays Private Pile. Mm-hmm. Before Private Pile, he played in a movie called Adventures in Babysitting, which That's... is a classic 90s movie, 80s, 90s movies. He was Thor. Was so Thor. he was this big, ripped, muscular, good-looking guy. Uh-huh. And from that part, he got a beautiful fiancé, success. But he wanted to be Private Pile. He put on 60 pounds of fat to get this nice. job and his fiance left him <laughs> think about it that's dedication so, to your work well that's and that's also a serendipitous thing for him too to get rid of that gold digging whore true pardon the french <laughs> <laughs> but avoided a long mistake but he got that role and it, it made his career it's and it's just one of those movies that's like i said it's just two tales and a couple different main characters in there is Private Joker and Private uh, Pile. But in the movie, if you watch it, mm-hmm. when he hits him, he really hits him. Nice. I, I love stories like a, that. It's unbelievable. There's, um, there's a story in Rocky, um, in Rocky Fall where Stallone um, got um, too involved. And it's like, hey, I want you to hit me. And the big uh, Russian dude is like, no, that's really stupid. Is it, yeah. it, I will kill you. He's like, no, no, just do it. So he does. And it isn't even a hard hit, but he just, he, I think his lung collapsed or something and he had to be rushed oh. to the hospital. That doesn't surprise me either. Which just makes that movie even more goofy. The fact that in real life, one hit and he's down. <laughs> exactly not 75 per round <laughs> yeah well i think in that new movie mission impossible with tom cruise mm-hmm. i am zero fan of tom cruise i think he's a weirdo he's a scientologist for crying out loud sure and he's five foot four so you don't scare me you know uh <laughs> but <laughs> but in the movie he made that movie i earned a little respect for him as an actor because they show a scene 
Or he he actually does his own stunts though. He Which does not have a stunt one double. One of the things I respect about him. Right. So I earned a little respect for him on that. Um, I just can't get over how crazy he is in real life. So I always have that in the back of my head when I'm watching him. And his teeth are shifted over, which bugs me. But that's just me. Uh, that, yeah. That just but there's a the brain. Right. Well, there's a scene where he has to jump from building to building, rooftop to rooftop. Mm-hmm. You've got like a four, four or five foot gap, and he runs and he jumps. And when he lands on the side, he actually breaks his ankle. Ooh. And you see it from a side view of it actually breaking, hyperextending, and his foot slapping on the wall in front of him. And he gets up, and he knows he's broken it. But he gets up and still staggers off the – he finishes the scene limping on a broken leg. That's amazing. And they cut production for six months. No, four months for that. And he came back four months later, and they finished the movie. But, and he still did his own stunts when he came back. Because so I can respect that. It's one of the reasons that I hate the Mummy, because there's a the the action. One of the many reasons to hate that movie, but the action it cuts very choppily, like they're covering up, like having to retake a bunch of things. But they didn't mm-hmm. have to because it's Tom Cruise and he's insane. Right. And the newer one is good. I didn't like the old mummies with uh, Brendan Fraser, whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for those as much. They seemed too cartoony for me. Uh, of course, technology was not in his favor because the CGI wasn't as good yet. But this newest mummy, I like the plot. But it was, like you said, very jumpy. And also, the plot was fine, but the fact that, the fact that they keep calling Tom Cruise a young man and he's like 56 or something. Yeah, he's 50 like, something. Calm yeah. Come, yeah. Come now, love. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Tom Cruise movie is edge of tomorrow, which is still a stupid ass title. Oh, where he just keeps repeating his death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great, it, it had a different title before though. Oh yeah. So, Die repeat or something so, like that. All right. So here's what happened. The comic was called uh, All You Need Is Kill, which is great, Mm -hmm. and they should have kept it. And then the title that they came up with, because they're marketing geniuses, is Edge Mm -hmm. of Tomorrow, which sounds like daytime soap opera lifestyle right? lifetime movie or whatever, which is just the worst title. Then they're like, oh, this is the worst title ever. So let's make our tagline, Live, Die, Repeat, bigger, so that people think that's the title. So that's got three types. Oh, it's the worst. It's silly, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You see and Live, Die, Repeat, but then you go to the movies, you're like, I want to see Live, Die, Repeat. Oh, you mean the Edge of Tomorrow. Very confusing. Uh, <laughs> it is a terrible title. It's a terrible title. But the movie's great because... I like the premise. Because the, the, um, the director is like, okay, you're Tom, you're Tom Cruise. Act like everyone thinks Tom Cruise acts. Arrogant stupid um and <laughs> up his own ass do that be Tom yeah. Cruise and then be, you do you <laughs> yeah and then like he starts dying over and over again and then he is like oh I'm going to be a proper good person now mm-hmm. um and Emily Blunt is just amazing she's yeah she's so good. good she's real good She's taking none of his shit. I love the fact that 
before she found found out that he could repeat the day over and over again, she just uh, steals his stuff and is like, all right, you're going to die, but who cares? I need your hatchery pack or whatever. Right. <laughs> you're going to die anyway. I might as well get what I can get. And then, <laughs> when she, uh, which is great because when she finds out that he is repeating the day over and over again, she's like, oh, great. That means that I can kill you a lot and we can practice a lot. And she, and there's just the death montage. So even right. if you don't like Tom right. Cruise, you can see him die over and over again. Yeah, it makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Emily Blunt's a very good actress. She is a, she's a keeper. And uh, isn't she married to Krasinski? Uh, yeah, and they John did Cr- Quiet Place. Oh, that, oh, that's moving up on my list. A Quiet Place is really fucking great. I, I, that's really creeping up on my list because A, the acting is done with no words for the first 30 minutes of the movie. It's so quiet. But I didn't like it in the theater because of the mouth breathers behind me. You could hear every mouth. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, drove me nuts. That would have been worse. That drove me nuts. It it's honestly did. when you're alone with like headphones on. That way you can hear all the details. <laughs> I'd go to that theater. I'd rent the headphones just so I wanted to listen to none of these people eat their garbage. <laughs> I got lucky because I went to a daytime screening mm-hmm. uh, when most people are at work and um, or at school. So I got a right. pretty empty theater and it was like four people there. That's perfect. And on the, um, in the opening scene or close to the opening scene where you're like, oh, that kid's going to die. They wouldn't kill a kid, will they? And then they do, and I'm like, holy fuck! Yeah, loudly. He's and people gone. in front of me just snickered because I just yelled that. And I'm like, that's a great way. That's why they had two kids, so they could kill one of them. They had three kids. Oh, yeah, because of the baby later. Yeah, well, no, the girl. There's the girl, they had the girl. and the little brother, then the youngest one. But the youngest one is still two pregnant. Kids. She's pregnant. Yeah, they had the older girl, the middle girl, and the youngest one. And then the baby. Okay. Because um, the girl always wanted to go out with the dad. Oh, yeah. But the only take the boy. The dad and, yeah, this, and the son always went. There's four kids then. Yep. I'm okay. a movie freak. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm bad about this. <laughs> I can't I believe that I forgot that because that's the point of the movie. Yep. She wanted to go with dad. He'd never let her. Mm. Uh, and she thought, and she was the deaf one. That's Which the reason. Set up because yes, you have these ones that these aliens that came down, and they wouldn't have time to learn sign language. So what do we do? A deaf kid. That way, they already know sign language. The whole family. It's brilliant. Don't have one kids. of my. If you're yeah, well, as a as an uh, aside, if you're in the middle of the apocalypse, and the mm-hmm. uh, and the aliens are noise sensitive don't have a stupid crying baby you better wrap that shit up oh <laughs> you better get some condoms like you wouldn't believe if if i'm that's hanging out with Emily blunt i'm i'm getting a whole bunch of condoms that's for sure <laughs> that, uh, that that is the most unrealistic part of this movie yes because you can't shut a baby up a soundproof Coffin, crib like 
gas or whatever? Yeah, coffin. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, more like a coffin. But and then they had an oxygen mask on the baby. But how long can you get away with that? A uh -oh. two-year-old's going to fuck your whole plan up. Mm -hmm. They're not going to live. <laughs> nope. That's it's a great movie, kid, though. though. The stupid yeah. with the stupid toy. And the sister gave him the battery, or gave him the toy back and took the batteries. So it's one of those seriously unfortunate things. Uh, but it's just part of the movie. It got you, man. They killed right. off someone quickly that was vulnerable. I mean, there was, a, there was a huge amount of tension throughout the entire thing. So when the little girl has her hearing aid and mm -hmm. it just makes a noise and then Emily Bunch shoots someone, yes! Yes! Yeah. Uh-huh. It it's like Terminator versus Terminator 2. The sequel, which they're doing, can be like an action movie where Emily Bunch just shoots aliens. <laughs> Face. But now that I think about it, that movie reminds me of M. Night... M. Night Shyamalan's The Signs, where the, the yeah. wife dies and she tells him to see, and it, it makes him, makes Mel Gibson's character question his faith, and it all comes back to her death that saves their life in the end about the water and the little girl drinking the water and leaving it all over the house. You know, all these little things come together. I, li I really like M. Night Shyamalan movies too, that's for sure. I don't. Have you seen Lady in the Water? That's I won't watch that. It's stupid. It's really dumb. What happened? Yeah, I won't watch that. that. He's got great premises, <laughs> and but he's also got a massive ego. Yes, that's very true. So he's another he's another person that always stars in his own movies a little bit. He mm -hmm. makes little cameos. I didn't like the village. I'd never bothered watching the girl in the water bullshit, but signs I really liked. Uh, what's that one where they had that? Uh, the crazies oh the visit where you oh, and the no no there's the visit which is great but the, it's called the crazies where everyone just started killing people the happening the happening that's what it is the happening yeah. yes that, what did i say the crazies the crazies is a different slasher film but yeah the happening was pretty cool you're the first one that's to say one. that so we're going to get into this why yes. why what happened in the happening uh, going on because you i like the point they never they never tell you they just never tell you you just got to deal with it how you do you survive this situation without having any answers whatsoever it's just a different concept altogether it's not on my top 25 list by any measure oh thank god but i did watch it no 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 have you no i just like the the challenge that he took on of telling the story with never completing the story in the end it's kind of like the bird box yeah, I was about to bring that up. People are comparing the bird box to a quiet place crossed with the happening. Kind of, yeah. But the quiet place puts them to shame. Yeah. Bird box is best. It's it's interesting. Bird box is But at the same time it's it's very far it's just of course it's far fetched, it's bullshit. But it I think it's executed poorly. With um with Bird Box, it's interesting that they have that within like a year or so, there's two movies about aliens that invade Earth and are affected or by or affect people's senses. Yes. Yep. And this so was all about sight. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the, other, and the other one's about hearing. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, but God, I'll talk about it brings up other movies that are great, like uh, Cloverfield. I, Ten Cloverfield Lane. I Have love you seen that? Ten Cloverfield Lane, except for the ending that makes it a Cloverfield movie. Right. I liked all of it except for the aliens at the end, honestly. Yeah, which is it's a very good movie. Which was just done so that we'd watch it. It's like, hey, right. you, you like Cloverfield? We made a sequel, but we didn't really make a sequel. We made this other movie and then put aliens at the end. At the very end. Yeah, exactly. But it was a great movie. I really did like that one. Until the end, it was kind of silly. We're going to go fight the aliens. Come on, man. It's really good, except for the stupid thing that tied it into the alien. <laughs> yes. The whole last 15 minutes, I could just cut it out. The end, she walks outside. It's over. You know? And he's actually okay. crazy. You literally... And could. then there... Yeah. Like, you could just cut... At the end, I could cut that whole thing off and then make a, a five-minute crescendo ending. Be like, okay, he was crazy. And the only reason those people died outside is because he released chemicals to protect himself from others. Yeah, see? That'd be a better movie. Better movie, better ending. Because that um, lady showed up at the, you know, and it was all fucked up on her face and the pigs died, you know? Sylvester and Tweety, whatever you call those pigs. I can't remember the name for something, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be a better ending to say that he actually faked this whole thing, but it did a good job. Like, you know, yeah, aliens that, didn't need to be there. Which makes it worse because J.J. Abrams found the script and is like, cool, this will make about $1,000. No one cares. But if we put it in the Cloverfield, because that's the worst part. The worst part is that it's not a sequel to Cloverfield. It's a marketing gimmick. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, how they, that's how they make money. Mm -hmm. And then you have Cloverfield Paradox, which I don't, haven't seen and I don't think anyone else has. I haven't. No, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. <laughs> I mean, people say that they've seen it, but I doubt it. And what really yeah. matters throughout this entire thing is that J.J. Abrams sucks at endings. Mm -hmm. It appears to be so. It's his specialty. Uh, he's great <laughs> at setting up mysteries, but then the mm -hmm. mystery has to be revealed and it's like, no, I can literally come up with five things better. And I did. I just did. Yeah, you just did. <laughs> we all did. Everyone did. <laughs> I could think of five different ways to end it. Much more interestingly than that. Yeah, it's a shame. I love the movie, though. Me, up to that I, last 15 minutes. Exactly. Throwing, which makes it worse. Throwing uh, lighting alcohol. Or was it, what's he throwing in his mouth? Was it a grenade? I, I don't know. Some sort of weapon. Yeah, she threw something in its mouth. I mean, get the hell out of here. That's so crazy. Uh, it just didn't belong. It felt so foreign and forced. And like you said, they just had to shove it in there to give it the name. Exactly. Which just makes it the worst. It's like they made the movie and then like, oh, cool. But as a marketing gimmick, aliens, whatever. Who cares? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what matters. But some movies are like, this is practically perfect, but there's this one scene that is just the worst. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Psycho? Oh, wait, you mean American Psycho? No. Or Psycho with... Psycho. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock. The, yeah, I've seen it when I was a kid. Okay, once. that movie's perfect. I love everything that happens. It's a great uh, ramp up for tension. Uh, the 
the uh, character uh, who's the actual psycho is is brilliant. I forget his name though. Norman he's, Bates. Yeah, Norman Bates. He's brilliant, mm-hmm. and um, he's clearly um, there's something clearly going on with him. But then, yeah. then he gets caught, and the whole thing is unravelled. But the way they explain it is they have this doctor comes in is like, okay, sit down for 15 minutes. I'm going to explain exactly what the plot of the movie was. And then he does for 10 minutes and it is the worst. And they had to do that because it was like the 60s or 50s. And they had to explain exactly what happened and why he wasn't gay. Um, Because that's worse than being a killer. Yeah, there you go. You hit it. That's the culture we had, man. Ugh, it's the worst. I'd rather you kill people than be gay, for God's sakes. It's pathetic. Um, <laughs> so there's that, and, and it's a whole thing, and I hate it. But, but I took the video, and I cut that scene out, and I went straight from he gets revealed and his wig falls off and all that stuff happens to him sitting on the cell, and it's his mother's voice in his head, and he's just staring at the camera. I'm like, it's a better movie. It's a perfect movie. Oh. Yep. I hate that yep. one scene in that perfect movie. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other movies that were so close. Yeah, I don't know. I think you should really watch uh, Full Metal Jacket. That's one of those, a cultural phenomenon, really, for us here. It's a, it's a U.S. movie, you know. It's all about our military stuff. But it's, that's just the background noise of the actual movie. It's all about the relationships they formed as they go from civilians to piece of shit boot camp people, and then they get to graduate and they get to be respected, and now you're Jolly Green Giants marching across the world, blah, 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 bullshit. It's a, it's a unique movie, that's for sure. <laughs> and it's done by Kubrick, right? What's that? It's done by Stanley Kubrick? Yes, or, yes. Yeah. Kubrick, Kubrick. Kubrick. I think so. Yep. Yeah, I, I've always, again, when I was in the military, we probably watched that 50 times. Got to get uh, you um, riled up. Did anyone? Yeah, well, it's just, yeah, it's one of those movies that gets uh, the military people all fired up for sure. Uh, what about Saving Private Ryan? That was a good one. Um, to me, it just seemed a little bit overproduced. Like, like it, they really push for the cinematic effect of it. Instead of making it feel too, real. Yeah, it just became too big of a... Uh, every scene seemed to be overproduced. Um, I like movies that are less production, more plot. Yeah, you know, I, I, Pulp I, Fiction. There's a, it's a handheld camera in a car while they're driving talking about a Royale with cheese. I mean, that's brilliant. It's like... <laughs> It's like, it's like Tarantino went to um, went to France and found out that that's what that was called. It's like I've got to explain this. I'm gonna make a whole movie. Because <laughs> yeah. he goes oh, to Roy- McDonald's and it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do this. Well, that and they put he mentioned they put mayonnaise all over their French fries. You know, that's a big deal to him. <laughs> little 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 things like that. I love and- movies that feel like this was made like someone had an idea and this was made it's um i like the marvel movies 
Mm-hmm. But the reason I don't put any of them really high up is because they feel like they were made by a studio and the director is oh. filling in the gaps. Yeah, they but definitely like, are. Stuff like this and the first Star Wars movie before it got uh, the special editions just felt yeah. like groggy. Like we're making stuff. No one thinks that we can, yeah. but we will. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen, uh, oh, what's that movie where there's three people go out in the woods and get lost? And the girl's in a tent crying into her film, and there's like snot coming out of her nose. And uh, um, where they go, the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, that's the one. I that movie that. blew my mind. The because for that was amazing. It was simple. It was just simple. That's a lie. It's sold as a lie, start to finish, because these people are nobodies. They didn't get no big time actors. They got three people from NYU or some crap and they snatched them up and they shot a movie with like, I think there's like five handheld cameras. That's it. Which was part of the movie. And it was it sold was like part of the actual found footage before it became. Yeah. That's the whole premise was, yeah, we found this footage in a, a cabin from six years ago. Three people went missing. Now we found them and it set the scene, man. It was perfect. And nobody knew. That it was bullshit. Like you actually could. I felt silly later. I'm like, wait a minute. They got me because I didn't. Nobody knew that that was all bullshit until the actors showed up for the Golden Globes or whatever it was. They came out to present a, an award, and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. They're not dead. I felt like a total sucker. They got me. And I loved it. Have you heard of? Um, I think it's Cannibal Holocaust. Mm-mm. It's a messed up movie, but they had to prove that they, that they didn't just kill people for that movie. And it looks <laughs> fake as shit right now, but like, it's the same thing. It was found footage. It was like, we went mm-hmm. to this place where they're cannibals. And, oh boy. And we did, and we filmed them uh, in their culture, or whatever. And I haven't seen it. It looks fucked. But I've seen I've seen clips of it and it looks really fake now. But back then, found footage, and they had to prove that right. that would just build the marketing. It's like we had to prove that this wasn't real. Well, it's kind of like Samuel Jackson's very first movie was "Do the Right Thing" with Spike Lee. Why haven't I seen that? I haven't seen that. I saw Black Klansman, You've... and as soon as I saw Black, oh. Klansman, I'm like, I need to see every single Spike Lee movie. Well, "Do the Right Thing." Samuel Jackson was an unknown actor who's in his 50s, maybe 40s, but no real big roles. No big roles. Austin, he comes on, he plays the preacher's son who's a crack addict. And people were protesting his movies, saying that he hired an actual crackhead to play the part. <laughs> nice. Have you seen and Samuel Jackson had to come out and say, guys, I'm not a crackhead, I'm an actor. He <laughs> literally had to come to the premieres. Good, very, and that, that again landed him some serious roles. He's good. You play a crackhead so good that people think that you hired an actual crackhead. You're like, you can put he, that on your resume, like Quentin Tarantino. Oh. I can be in your movie. They thought that it was real. Mm-hmm. Well, things with Samuel Jackson's, he grew out his beard and his hair. He stopped cutting his hair, and it's all blotchy anyway. So it's all patchy, and his beard's patchy. He just stopped cleaning himself for a month. He looked like a someone strung out, and he played the part. You've got to watch that one, man. That is, 
I'll definitely watch the ending it. is the ending is unbelievable. You'll be shocked. Yep, it's um, it's a good one. <laughs> I love the I hate not love. I hate the fact that that lost to Driving Miss Daisy, and then yeah, um, then Black Klansman lost to Driving Miss Daisy too. This year, what Green Book is Driving Miss Daisy again, and that one Best Picture inexplicably instead of Black Klansman or literally any of the other ones. First of all, Black Klansman's awesome because it happened. Uh-huh. A black guy became a Klansman with it's David Duke's signature. Premise. Have you seen a documentary about it? Not yet. I wanted to There's get a documentary it. about the actual Klansman or the guy that became he has his card still signed by David Duke, the Grand Wizard blah blah blah, who ran for president. Nice. <laughs> Good old states of us, I'll tell you. We got a we got a Klansman in charge right now as it is. Yeah, well. Let's try not to get into it. Yeah. Um, in in Black Klansman, um, for Black Klansman, when Spike Lee won Best Director, um, Samuel Jackson read the name, and you and he's like, yes, yes, this yeah. is the greatest thing ever. It's about time. And then, um, yeah, uh, Spike Lee's dressed like the Joker. He's just got a big purple fuck off suit on. <laughs> which is the best kind. And then he just jumps on Samuel Jackson. He's like 80 or something. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, long time coming. It's kind of like, I didn't realize that, uh, what was that actress's name? Meryl Streep's never won an award. Or an Oscar, I mean. I'm sorry. I thought she won like heaps. Or was she just nominated for all of them? She's been nominated nine times. One zero. Really? Yep. I didn't realize that. Oh, and nine. She's like my Detroit Lions in football. You got to look that one up, huh? Yeah. Yep, Meryl Streep. That's incredible. Because, like, the cliche. Yep. No, she won for. Um, no, she's won a lot. She's been nominated way more than she got nominated, than she won. Okay, so she's been nominated heaps, but she's won three. She won Best Actress in 2012 for Iron Lady. Then she won for Sophie's Choice. And then um, Kramer versus Kramer. So she's now won. What is that? What's the award for that she won? Uh, best Supporting Actress, Best Actress, and Best Actress. So she's won hmm. three, but she's been nominated like a million times. For some reason, I heard 0 and 9 for something with her. And that's for the Oscars? Uh-huh. Uh, best, uh, huh. best actress and best supporting actress. For well, I got some bad information on that one. But because they 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 put a camera on her to to watch her face because they knew she wouldn't win it again. <laughs> but she she has been nominated. So she won three. She got nominated uh, four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty one times. 21 times she got nominated and she's won three. One seventh. She's won three. She's been nominated 20 times. Yeah, that's one seventh. One in seven. That's <laughs> almost worse. That's insulting. <laughs> yep. She's one of those actresses that's, you know, she's an all-time great. Yeah. It's like, how, how many movies has she been in? That's how many Oscars she's been nominated for. Exactly. Pretty much. Yep. 
Which when you thirty for thirty, street, you deserve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's one of those timeless actresses. Uh, there's a few of them out there. I think Samuel I, Jackson's one of them now. <laughs> Actors. <laughs> uh, I love the fact that Samuel Jackson is like, hey, let's watch this random movie. Samuel Jackson is in it because he's in everything. Mm-hmm. He's one of those actors. He's like, I can be your leading man, but mm-hmm. I prefer to be this guy. Because I'd like to be this weird but, side character. Yeah. Just got some cool lines. Five minutes and he's just gone. I'm like, I'm the well, best. You know how much he made? Then I'm out. If you know how much he made for Star Wars? All the money? He made like, I think they paid him like 20 million. He only did like three days of work. $20 million. Uh, and I, I wouldn't tell Like that five thing. minutes on the screen. You know, five minutes. He, <laughs> the reason he wanted a purple lightsaber was so he could stand out. It's like, oh, there's Samuel Jackson. With his purple yep. lightsaber that says motherfucker on the handle. <laughs> oh, now that would have been epic. <laughs> it does. It has yep. motherfucker carved into the bottom of the handle. So the camera can't see it, but he can. He knows. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, you know, with Pope. I looked up, looked up Samuel Jackson's age recently. I'm like, what is he, like 50? He's like 77 or some bullshit. Yeah, he's 70 something. Yeah, he's 70 something. Yep. But I think, I think today's, I think today's next generation is the Samuel Jackson type, is uh, shoot. What's his name? He played in uh, he played the oh shoot. Dang it! What is his name? Oh man, he's been in everything lately. Oh brother, this is gonna bug me. He was in John Q. Uh, the one with Ethan Hawking where he's a corrupt cop. Oh man. Oh boy. He played the when he's a, he's a pilot and he's a he's an alcoholic pilot. Tom Hanks. No, no, black guy. Oh, black guy. Alcoholic. He turned a pilot, he turned the plane upside down to save everybody. Oh, flight. Right? Denzel Washington. That's the one. Denzel Den- Washington. There we go. Good lord. I was going to have a heart attack over here. I'm a big fan of his cuz he is so diverse, and the the characters he plays, he becomes it without even effort. It's not like he didn't have to study it. He just, like, the role became what he said it was because he said so. Like, he's that good. I love actors that have that kind of, that kind of power. Mm-hmm. Um, like De Niro, Pesci, just powerhouses. And then you have others... Like The Rock, who's like, I don't need to be another character. I can just be The Rock and you love it because I'm The Rock. Look at me. In Jumanji, one of my powers is that I'm suave. Yeah. Well, and it's like Kevin Hart. He just plays Kevin Hart, except for that last movie with Brian Kramer you're talking about. Uh, the one he just did. What do you call it? What did you say it was? Uh, Driving Miss Daisy too. Yeah, what do you uh, call it? Uh, Green Book. What's yeah, Green Books. Yeah, he's the one as the 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 character with Brian Cranton, Cranston, Cranston. Do you talk about the Green Books? The one where the guy is in a wheelchair. 
Uh, the it's the guy and, where he drives someone around, like driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, I think that's with Brian Cranton from Breaking Bad. It just came out like a couple weeks ago, I think. It came out last year. Um, oh, I'm thinking of a different movie then. Yeah, it stars um, Viggo uh, Mor- Morrison. Viggo Mortensen, okay. Yeah. And um, Mahashala Ali, which I definitely pronounced correctly. Don't at me. <laughs> well, there's a new movie with Brian Cranton and Kevin or Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. where Brian Cranton has MS and he's paralyzed from the neck down, or a, or he's a quadriplegic. I mean, oh, and I know the one. You're Kevin Hart has to take care of him. I know that one. I can't. That definitely. I, I was thinking. Awesome. Yeah, but Kevin Hart has never played a part that wasn't him until that movie. That's pretty cool. Or like, like he had to step out of his own comfort zone to be that person, which I can respect because. Kevin Hart's kind of just a sticky he's a stand-up comedian, you know, pure and simple. And he just gets parts because he's funny. Which fair. He's enough. like a little action he's like a little action figure of a comedian, you know. <laughs> Four <laughs> foot ten. <laughs> I like that he plays up his height. Like in um in Chimunchi, Welcome to the Jungle. Uh it's just like I am a giant jock that plays football. Now I'm fucking Kevin Hart. This is the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then the other kid becomes The Rock. I mean. And then the one girl becomes uh, uh, Jack Black. <laughs> he was great. He was very good. Uh, He's Jack a very Black, good actor. Jack Black did a bunch of drug movies and um, R-rated movies. But then for the last like 20 years, he's just in kids' movies. Yeah. He's, he's kind of like Eddie Murphy's career. Funny as hell, then all of a sudden became Dr. Doolittle type, you know? Yeah, just doing... Like, what the hell is that all about? Eddie Murphy Raw? Yeah, Eddie to Murphy that? Raw no. and um, uh, Coming to America. Boomerang and Boomerang. They're remaking Coming to America, too. Oh, the, are they doing of a sequel? Of course. Well, they yeah, they're doing another... everything. We're out of yeah, money. they got... Exactly. It's regurgitation now. <laughs> the people have been complaining about that for years. Um, yeah. Uh, Siskel and Ebert uh, did a special on why uh, America is out of ideas in the 80s. Yeah, that was 40 years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. Everything is, is um, everything comes back around. I'm not going to bother thinking what that word is. Well, you know, I was thinking of a movie just now. I was wondering if you've seen it, because you're in Australia. It's a different environment for movies i guess you'd say because i i don't know how big movies are for you guys there pretty huge but we don't like it's, um, it's we don't make everything movies. we import uh american movies and all the australian movies are mm-hmm. terrible or like low budget indie movies what do you think about crocodile dundee it's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> horrible <laughs> It's so bad. Oh, I love it. Uh, uh, no. Did you throw up in your mouth a little? <laughs> um, which is so, not because yeah, I'm so ashamed, stereotypical. All my friends love that movie. I just don't. <laughs> it's so stereotypical. Yeah. Have you seen I, The Babadook? Yes. The Babadook is my favorite Australian movie. That, see, my kids turned me on to that one. 
They're walking around my house one day going, bye-bye, Duke. I'm like, what the hell are you guys saying? The, like, um, Dad, there's this scary story called Baba Duke, and they made a movie, and it's just this out of nowhere. You never heard of it. Then it's on Netflix or something. And I'm like, oh. So I watched it. I was like, okay, yeah, that's creepy. And the, um, someone was complaining about the plot, and I said, the monster is a manifestation of her depression. And then he's like, right. oh, yeah, that changes everything. <laughs> slightly <laughs> if you don't get that it's a horrible movie yeah because, it's, because why the hell would she keep the monster around and stuff it's like no it's depression yeah exactly it's a, a monster inside her mm-hmm. yeah those movies like that that challenge you I like challenging movies like that make you think ah uh, what's that movie there's a movie that came out recently which is about which is a zombie movie where you get bitten, and then like an hour later, you're a zombie. World War Z? No. So no, 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 no. So this dad got bitten, and he has to take his um, daughter to a safe to safety before he becomes a zombie. And what's that called? It's based on a short movie, which is way better. But I think it's also Australian. It's either Australian or New Zealand. Okay. Uh, but it's really good. As the short movie, I haven't actually seen the um, the full movie that they did of it. Mm. Yeah, I, I really had a problem with all the zombie movies coming out for quite some time. I just never got into them. But then good ones came out finally, like I Am Legend and World War Z kind of turned me around. I'm like, okay, there's there's something to be said there now. Zombie uh, I enjoyed those. Zombie movies um, had a thing where it's like, they're zombies, and that's the point. And then the zombies stood for various, for various things. And after that, it's like, okay, we're bored of zombies now. But we can't not make zombie movies. So hmm. instead, we're going to do different types of zombie movies. Right. Well, like Bird Box is kind of like that, where you're overtaken. Like World War Z is, is a... It was a contagious disease. Um, and then... Have you seen a movie called Contagion? Or, uh, yes. Or Outbreak. It's either Contagion or Outbreak, where they have to uh, find a cure for uh, a zombie virus. I think that's Contagion, because Outbreak is with Dennis Hoffman. Um, I can't remember the female's role. Yes, but that's an actual disease that was just deadly. What the hell? I haven't seen that in a long time now to think about it. But yeah, Dennis Hoffman. Or no. No, not Dennis Hoffman. Who's the guy that played in... Uh, yeah, it might have been Dennis Hoffman. I don't know actors either. Oh, man. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I like that. I do remember seeing Outbreak. I really liked it. Now to think about it, I can't remember the whole plot. So now i got to watch it again, I guess. <laughs> so with Contagion, um, it's like World War Z where they try and find um, um, a cure for the zombie yep. outbreak. Yeah, like patient zero. <laughs> um, but unlike World War Z, it's not stupid. <laughs> and I like World War Z, but that's a dumb movie that's trying to be smart. And I'm like, no, yeah. you're better when you're stupid. Stick with that. 
Yeah, my kids loved it because of the actual zombies were cool because they showed close-ups of them and they're like, you know, doing their little mouth things and chomping his teeth and they like that aspect of the zombie itself being fast and predatory and yeah, uh, I loved how they like that aspect. Of it. I loved how the biggest um, change that we had for zombies is, what if they were fast? And that's and it. Predatory, like predatory, run um, you down. There's also a great zombie movie from Korea called um, Train hmm. to Busan. Oh, which is zombie outbreak happened, but we're in a train, and the zombies have zombie outbreak is happening outside. But we're in a train and we can't get off. And oh. then a zombie gets inside and infects people. So they're trapped mm. on a train and zombies. And they have to figure out how to stop the zombies from trying to crash into their compartment. Oh, boy. Doing all sorts of stuff. It goes, it goes places. It's great. Well, that kind of sounds like World War Z where the, the person gets on the plane. Mm-hmm. And that's how they crash. You know, everybody in that place dies except for... Two people, of course. Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad Pitt. He's the one on the poster. I bet he survives. He can't die. He can't. He's got main character immunity. That's true. He's got one hell of a head of hair. I'll give him that. One of the things I like about Psycho is that they're like, this famous actress from the 60s that you all know is in this. Come watch her be in this. Right? And then she dies in like 10 minutes. Yes, she's the executed op- rather quickly. The opening scene is um, sets up as this mystery where she has where she steals money, and you're like, "Oh, I get it." She's going to go throughout this entire movie, and it's going to be tension on whether or not he kills her. And then we all know the shower scene, so he'll probably kill her at the end. No, ten minutes in, she's dead, and the right rest away. Of the rest of the movie is a murder mystery. It's it's uh. It's a genius plot. I think genius. <laughs> I think Scream did the same thing. I think it was Scream. Or Scream? Yeah, Scream did the same thing where they had a famous actress from the nineties that was uh, that was all over the marketing, and then they just killed her after ten minutes. I'm not sure. She I remember the movies. It's the one where there's a phone call and it's like, um, "Do you watch scary movies?" And then she's like, yeah. And then he gives her a quiz and then he kills her. And that's the opening scene. And she was all over the marketing. The reason they did that was because of Psycho. Ah, a little homage. Mm-hmm. Which is... Yeah, I know the main character was, uh, what's her name? Nev Campbell. She was the repetitive character every time they had moved screen movies. Those got played out pretty bad. Yeah, because it's a limited Those drive premise. me nuts. Yeah, it drives me nuts. <laughs> I want. Have you seen all of them? No. Good. Nope. After the second oh, one, fine. I'm like, nope. I'm out. I know what's going to happen. I would be different people for different I, reasons. But. I would have loved it if by Scream Eight, it's like, okay, we're stuck in the eighth movie. No one cares anymore. So you're just going to die. Who, who gives a shit? Well, it's like those Final Destination movies. Yeah. True. The first but, one got me. You know, kept you on the edge of your seat, you know? But boy, after a while, I was over it. After the second, like third the movie, I was like, I'm out. The sequel's um, a great idea for a sequel because it's like, all right, you'll survive this, but your lives affected these people as well. 
Right. And so yeah, we, I saw the sequel. I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it linked the two movies together. And then after but, that, it's just like, how do we kill yeah, these people three, four, five. in the most goofy way possible? Yeah, how many attractive young people can we kill? Exactly. That's all it is. It's just tits and ass. It's just tits and ass after that. I don't like slasher movies like that. The slasher movies, <laughs> like, who gives a shit? You're here for the killer uh, and how they're going to die in incredibly goofy ways. And yeah. I saw it when I was 16. And I'm like, I'm here to see how they die in incredibly goofy ways. So it worked, I guess. Yeah, it worked. Yep. Especially for 16-year-old boys who want to see pretty girls run around. That's always a winner. I mean, you're not wrong. Nope. <laughs> I was 16 <laughs> once, too. See, when I was 16, Friday the 13th was really hitting its stride. And Nightmare on Elm Streets. Yeah, Those were the two big ones that were just uh, repetitive. There's always a, we have a cheap horror premise. Let's do stuff with it. And I, Halloween. I can All three of those were just coming out every year when I was a kid. One after the other. Did you see the new one? All three of them. Did you the see Halloween? Halloween? Mm. No, I didn't see the new one yet. My kids did. They said it was awesome. They would. They liked it. They liked it because it's uh, scary. You know? That's but it's cool. been done. I wonder if when they say scary, they mean that they screamed a lot because of jump scares. Yes, that's what it is for them now. Just jump scares. They're not scared of basics anymore because they've watched every – the scarier, the better. The, they love the ring, um, like some really creepy ones. They love Babadook. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other scary ones where the girls in a uh, – if you watch this, the film, you die – Oh, yeah. One of those premises. No, The Rings one. There's another one. If you watch this video, like, online, yeah, that's you die. Sequel. That's called Rings. Is it? Yeah, it's the Oh, I guess I that. And um, oh. they hmm. just did it, but it's online now. And it's like... Okay. Not a VHS tape anymore. <laughs> well, why would it be? The weirdest... <laughs> if the... Um, I haven't seen the sequel, but if the sequel starts off with a VHS tape, the uh, biggest leap that they can have to take with logic isn't the zombie. It's the, um, it's the, <laughs> it's the fact that they can't find a VCR anymore. Yeah, you got that right. But my yeah, favorite, I got old. Yeah, you go ahead. Sorry. My favorite thing about that is that now they watch it on their phone. So you mm -hmm. have a little girl, but she's coming out of the phone and she's like tiny. Right. She runs around and just cuts your ankles. <laughs> child's play. <laughs> oh, I love child's play because that started off ridiculous. Yes. It's like the others took itself seriously and then became ridiculous. And with child's play, it's like, it's a doll. It's a killer doll. And the fact that they tried to explain it with like witchcraft and stuff. It's like, yeah. why would you know, just make it an evil doll. Who cares? And just gave him a, he gave him a girlfriend. It's pathetic. It, Have you seen The Boy? No, why would I? That's actually creepy. Yeah? It's the one about the doll, right? Yeah, it's... Yeah, oddly enough. It's, it's one... It caught me off guard. I was hanging out with a, a lady, a girlfriend of mine. He was hanging out. We watched it. I was like, huh, okay. It, it was better than I thought. Let's put it that way. Okay, because it looks pretty bad. It's, it's, the ending is what makes it good or okay. makes it plausible. 
I guess you'd say. Fair enough. Yeah, that's it's kind of like the visit. It's not really all that weird at first, but in the end, you're like, "Holy shit!" That whole time they were in danger, you didn't even know it. You know, like it really makes sense later on in the movie. The built the beginnings really a lot of odd little situations, but yeah, it's a uh, it was interesting. I can't um, give it every five stars, but <laughs> well, I can watch a three star movie. That's fine. Yeah. Three star movie, it's like, it's enjoyable. You probably won't think about it after about a week, but who cares? Watch it now. Yeah. Because um, it's definitely one of those. My favorite, <laughs> have you seen Hereditary? With the kid? Uh, yeah. It's like uh, a bad kid, right? I don't think I've seen that one yet. Uh, it's nope. a new movie. And yeah. there's a scene in it, which, um, do you care about spoilers? No. Okay. I'll watch it 10 times. Excellent. So there's a the little girl in it is um, possessed by a demon. And I'm like, you shouldn't have had the demon. But that's a whole other thing. So the little girl is choking on, um, on nuts because she's allergic to nuts. And she mm. uh, sticks her head out of the car window. And you can you know what's going to happen. Everyone her head knocked off. Yep. But nice. you see her get her head knocked off, which is the worst part. We see her brother, and then we hear her, and then we hear the, the whole thing happen, and then we just stick on his face, and that look of terror as he just goes home, lies in bed, and then we hear her parents come out and uh, scream because the, the headless body of their daughter's in the car. It's all I did. I did see that. I did. What's the new movie where there's a little boy who's really bad but he's a genius and he's dangerous. It's a, it's a newer movie right now. I got that confused. I don't know, but there's one with evil Superman. Where oh, it's, I want to see that when that comes out. Brightburn. Have you seen the trailer? Yes. Oh, it's yes. so great. It's, it's brilliant. Um, I can't wait. I and can't wait. James Gunn is producing uh, it and he's, pro and mm -hmm. he's also directing Suicide Squad for DC. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's evil Superman. It's so good. It's awesome. It's a great idea. I really, because I really hope that they don't kill him and he just destroys the world. <laughs> I, that's one of where they're I'm gonna have to. They're gonna have to turn him good. That's all there is uh, to it. No. You know, that'd be awful. Like what if they just send him home. That'd be fun. Or you know, I I, I can't wait to. I hope I'm wrong because, uh, like. When they did Superman versus Batman, I wanted to throw up. Oh god, that movie sucks so hard. I hated it. Like and every time Batman's uh, in an Iron Man suit? Seriously? Yeah. He's in an Iron Man suit. Pathetic. And uh you want evil Superman, all right? What about the fact that the DCEU's version of Superman just murders people? And how do you think yeah. people of Gotham see Batman? Because he's just like, oh, he doesn't kill like these big, um, super, uh, these big villains like the Joker or the Riddler or whatever, or Mr. Freeze. Mm -hmm. He puts them in Arkham, but he murders all of their henchmen. Yes, relentlessly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, why? I would think that he's working for the Joker. Or somewhere. I loved the Dark Knight series. I mean, holy cow. I took my kids to those and mm -hmm. 
they just loved them and we've enjoyed them ever since it's all about the characters for me it's the joker and it's it's uh uh bane bane those guys just made the whole movie for me those characters were awesome there was an interview with uh tom hardy where uh he's like where the interviewer said why do you never take roles where we can see your face because it's mm-hmm. Bane, it's uh, Mad Max. Yep. Now Venom. Yeah. He just doesn't. Well, like he also did those the Hardy Brothers. That he did a good job with the Hardy Brothers. And actually, he's in one of the better movies I've seen. Where the one where he can't die, he's got three brothers, and he, he's hard to kill. Uh, Lawless. I haven't seen Lawless. Oh man, that's a really good movie. It's it's where Hardy's the older brother. He's got a middle brother, and the younger brother is this little wimpy Shiloh LaBeouf. Oh, nice. So you got Tom Hardy, big tough guy. The other brother is even bigger. And then you got little old pipsqueak little brother, and he's kind of the punk. And he, he wants to be tough, but he, is, he just isn't. And the older brothers, they've been killed five different ways, but just won't die. Been shot, stabbed, pneumonia, had uh, whatever diseases, still couldn't kill them. Do they have and powers or are they just lucky? Nope, just lucky. Okay. Um, just tough. And uh, then it's all, it's all about prohibition, though. They're, they're moonshiners. So it's this weird little story. I, I really I like that a lot. I can't even say more about it. I'll give away the ending. But it's got some really interesting characters, great plot, and a really weird ending. I can't wait to see it. I'll, I'll see Lawless. it as possible. Lawless. Yeah, Lawless is a good one. Yeah, that's uh, like I said, it's got some interesting characters. It's all about moonshining and stuff, but it's about these guys that are so tough, and they can't be killed. Just that's one of those. I don't know. It's a. It's, it's, it's all about prohibition. Yeah, it's a good one though. But Tom Hardy did a damn good job in that movie. Is that your favorite? He plays Tom weird characters. What's that? Is that your favorite Tom Hardy movie? Hmm. I don't know the one we played the twin brother gangsters in New York in uh, London. That was pretty Two good. Brothers. I like that he did a good job, like acting. I like that one. Wise. Um, you know, I think he did a good job in Venom. He, he played a quirky. He he was good in it. Yeah, like he did a good job with the role he had. He really did. He he did, he played that weird part where he's like apologizing for hurting people. But he's Venom. You know, it's kind of weird. It's like a slapstick version of Venom. Have you seen Upgrade? No. Upgrade. Upgrade mm-hmm. is came out uh, earlier 2018. And mm. the premise is... Upgrade. Mm-hmm, the premise is uh, someone got paralyzed. And so there's a uh, science gobbledygook gets, in, uh, gets put into his brain. So he has a computer in his brain. Mm-hmm. he's got a voice he's like I'm helping you to walk and stuff but you're in charge uh, also I've managed to scan the fire, the security camera of of the kids of the um, people that killed your wife so like if you want to kill them I'd be totally cool with that he's like oh All right cool so it's Venom but upgrade it's upgrade uh huh I'll have to check that out that sounds interesting it's very fun <laughs> ah it's so well, hey let's see Venom that I didn't even that I thought that Tom Hardy started it. Yeah, you gotta look at <laughs> Tom Hardy as well. 
So yeah, you see yeah. upgrade, I'll see holeless. Good deal. Got two minutes. Where can the good people find you? Oh, okay. So on all the social networks, it's the same thing at Mindful Skeptics Podcast. And I also have a YouTube channel, Mindful Skeptics Podcast, there as well. And I just started an IGTV channel. It's called Stupid Trump Tweets. And also Mindful Skeptics Podcast as well for my other IGTV channel. Stupid Trump Tweets is just yes. a gold mine. Uh, it's 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 new, but it's already getting some traction. It's very funny. You can find me at Aussie Nerds Pod on Twitter, uh, Aussie Nerds uh, on Facebook, and you subscribe to this podcast every Thursday. We'll have a new episode coming out. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. I can't believe. This movie is just incredible. Yes.